Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only John Gambadero. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? I'm laughing because Mitch did that sponsorship read, Golf yeah. Happy Place. Oh, God. Uh, all Gambo's been doing since he walked in the door yeah. is, hey, look at this one. Oh, my God, look at this one. My friends look are showing one. me this morning. I didn't, like, I don't go to these that, that event. I don't, you know, that's not for me. But, man. Look at this one. Man, it was this guy doing a belly flop and people falling down and just I mean it was social media. So many drunk reels. people at that event this weekend. Yeah, it, it was. And it all got ca- camera phones these days. Follow the drunk guy, watch him fall down. I, and I, look, and I imagine there's probably a lot of that every single year. It got a lot of attention this year because of the mud, because of the weather, because of the player complaints, because of the fact that they had to close the doors on Saturday. They had to shut down alcohol sales. I bet. I bet. That if you went back every single year, you would find Instagram reels, social media reels of people doing dumb, drunk things at the open. But this year, boy, did it get a ton of attention. There's even a fight. Oh, oh, I'm sure there's a fight every year. I'm sure there's a fight every year. I'm sure everything you saw happens every year. But because this year had all the attention on it with uh, for all the reasons that I just said. But Campo, Campo, look look at this one. Look at this reel. Look at this reel. Oh, my God. Look at this one. Burnsy. Man, how do you know? I it's that drunk these. to where you fall down every three steps. Uh, you, I wasn't on there, somebody, right? No, bitch. <laughs> no, no, bitch was, bitch was not. If if you were, uh, God help anybody who was, right? Like, I mean, shouldn't like honestly, if you see somebody that can't take three steps without falling down, shouldn't you try try to help them? Look, well, the like point everybody's is, like, just let's keep the keep the camera rolling. The point let's is, let's get this guy falling down eighty times. Let don't help him. My favorite reel of the weekend is represent. The university I despise, so that's all I needed to make this the perfect weekend. U of right? A, yeah. What happened? I didn't. I don't know if I'm allowed to describe what oh, happened then on don't, the air. Then don't. Then okay. oh, yeah. Lawrence giving me the yeah. They won no, two don't. basketball games. I know that. <laughs> that's the only thing they won that weekend. I, I don't think that's what Mitch was. Okay, referring I don't even to. know what you're referring to. I'm either. not sure either. But the fact that Lauren is giving me the yeah, we don't want to tell that story on there. Okay, we're not going to okay. do that. Right. Uh, the story we are going to tell on the air is our top story of the day. Let's tell you what it is here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. First and goal. Mahomes swings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? Jordan wins it again. The Kansas City Chiefs in overtime in dramatic fashion beat the San Francisco 49ers yesterday to claim Super Bowl 58. Two lunches I owe you. Yeah, you do. I owe you two lunches. Yes, you do. Yes. Yes, you do. That Because I had San Francisco, I gave you the field. The field always wins. The field always wins. You will stop Mm. the field bet. 
You the field will, always wins. You will stop to do. I'll, I'll take. Uh, four, I'll take one team. You get the rest. I will take I that bet every time. I mean, they were struggling mightily. The Kansas City Chiefs. I was more worried about the Ravens, but then I forget about Lamar's ability to choke in the playoffs. Ah. San Francisco is killing everybody. But yes, they win the Super Bowl back to back. Three and five years. The dynasty cemented with with the three with that third one. I mean, I thought. I don't know about you, but for a long time, I thought that was a boring football game. I thought it was, I thought it was, it was just a boring game. Punt, 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 yeah. punt, 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 and then and then it got it got going in that fourth quarter. It really got going late in the game. I thought it more than made up for it. I thought it was kind of a boring game too for the first half or so. Uh, I think a lot of people felt that way, but I thought the second half and the overtime and the decisions and the plays and everything that happened absolutely more than made up for it. And, and uh, just a quick aside, the reason why we played that extended play by play cut there is that play that beat the 49ers yesterday was exactly the same one yeah. that Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. used twice on Jonathan Gannon and the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Remember that play? They they, yep. they run the receiver in, and then he Cuts darts out. back out, sure. and he's wide open. Everybody's like, oh, how could Jonathan Gannon's defense get shredded by that? Well, Steve Wilkes' defense just got shredded by that. Lots of defenses. Suddenly, Jonathan Gannon's resume, it's been taking a little bit of a hit for moments like that over the years. Not so much anymore, man. And this Hardman, that guy played for the, he had five games with the Jets. He had one catch. We have three catches last night. Yeah, yeah. He had one catch in five games with the Jets this year. Goes back to Kansas City, catches the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, it was, let's give them credit. We're going to get into the whole overtime thing and how the 49ers may have blown this game. And then Shanahan, there's a lot of angles to talk about. But for now, you just talk about a team in the Kansas City Chiefs who a lot of people didn't think this was not a great Kansas City team. And they go ahead and they win the Super Bowl with Mahomes and Kelsey and a great defense and Spagnola. And they've got they've got back to back, and they've got three in five years, and that dynasty that we've talked about. It's to me, it's cemented. Getting that third one cements the dynasty. Yeah, we had a little bit of a debate about that last week, whether it was already cemented or not. There's there's zero debate about it now, which is why we've actually we've got a poll question up right now on our X page, and I like Mitch's logic for asking this question. He asked the question: Are the Kansas City Chiefs a dynasty? And I looked at it at first. I thought, well, that's the worst question ever. Of course, they're a dynasty. His reason for putting it out there was to see how many people answered no. How many people still actually think the Kansas City Chiefs aren't a dynasty at this point? How can you not After think, the third win? After the yeah, win last yeah, time. How I can know. you... I want to know, and I, I agree with Mitch's logic on this one, how many people out there think they're not? And if so, what's your logic? What's your reasoning for thinking that they're not? They they, they check every single box you would ever want to check. Uh, back-to-back Super Bowls, they're one of only a handful of teams to have done it the first in 20 years. Three Super Bowls in five years, they're one of only, what, four teams to have ever done that, to win three over a five-year yeah. span. The years they don't win the Super Bowl, they either go to the Super Bowl or they go to the AFC Championship. Yeah, they're a dynasty. Here's Patrick Mahomes. It's culture, man. I, I got brought into this culture. Alex Smith was leading this team. They had the, the pieces in place, and Coach Reed was the ultimate leader. And I got brought in, and I just kind of try to exemplify that and, and keep pushing to be even better. And that's why in moments like this, we had guys come through, and it, it truly is special. And something you said really stood out to me last night after the game in the aftermath uh, and this morning getting ready for the show as well. This was the worst 
Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs game yeah. team in the bunch. Do you remember the opening game? They lost to the Lions. Sure. The opening week of the season, they lost to the Lions. Opening night, Kelsey didn't play. Chris Jones didn't play. Um, you know, they lost. They dropped eight passes in that game. That was a problem for them all year long. Then they won. They won their next six games. They went into the bye week seven and two at one point. Then they, you know, shut down the Dolphins in Germany. But then they lost four of their next six. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, low point was Christmas Day at home. They lost to the Raiders at home on Christmas Day. And like, okay, this dynasty's over. Like, they're done. They're cooked. They're finished. They got humiliated by the Raiders on Christmas Day. I, I know. It was Embarrassed. Like, how did lose to them? Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, they, they were, and, and this team, they say that this is the 28th best in franchise history according to Pro Football References simple rating system. It uses like point differential, schedule strength, some things like that, and they think this is the 28th best Chiefs team of all time. Of all, or 28th best Chiefs team in franchise or, history. Oh, Chiefs team, the 28th best in their franchise history. Wow. They use uh, point differential, schedule, strength to produce a rating. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know about all that mumbo jumbo. All I know it just is wasn't a great team. It, you know, watching all the drops, watching all the turnovers, watching all the penalties, watching Mahomes not have a typical Mahomes year. Looking at the path that they had to go through to win this one, right? The Dolphins at home, the Ravens on the road, conditions. in freezing conditions. Andy Reid's mustache. Yeah, the icicles. Icicles coming up his mustache <laughs> his against mustache. Miami. Yeah, and, and that's what, you know, in part why Patrick Mahomes said this Super Bowl title just means more. It means more, man. I mean, to be able to, to battle through that adversity and, and come out better on the other side, and I think it prepared us for the playoffs. Obviously, we've had a lot of great playoff runs, but this is going to be up there because uh, just the way that we kind of continue to battle whenever times weren't great. And despite all the speculation, and Andy Reid doubled down on it again today. He said it yesterday after the game. He said it again today. He will return as head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, he says he's going to return as the tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs. They are motivated to do that which hasn't been done, a three-peat. They, they, they want to go for three in a row, and they everybody's coming back, and the band is getting back together for one more run at it. So the last team to win three in a row, is it the Steelers? Was it? I don't even know. I was looking. I was looking at that. I think it's the Steelers. Yeah. So if they become the first team to win three in a row, though, they'll match those seventy Steelers with four Super Bowl victories in a six-season span, leaving only the '80s 49ers and post-2000 Patriots left to conquer as far as total Super Bowls are concerned. But yeah, if they can win three in a row, right? That's something that Brady never did. So if they can win three in a row, that that you know that would be tremendous for the dynasty. And you know, you sent me something today about it. it looks like they they want to. Uh, they want to run it back again with most of their guys. Yeah, right? yeah, no, they do. Andy Reid yeah. confirmed again today. He Reed, wants to Kelsey come back. and Kelsey said he wants to come back. They're all they're all wanting to come back. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we're just going to entitle the next segment of the show "Mahomes is Awesome," and then we'll just tell you all the reasons why he's awesome. Because man, is he just awesome! That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. It's Wolf. What can the Arizona Cardinals learn from Super Bowl 58? We'll tell you tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. What can the Cardinals learn from Super Bowl 58? Have your quarterback be like their quarterback. Can we do that? Can we make that happen? 
<laughs> how about that? Make Kyler Murray be like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the Cardinals loved him in that draft. They just weren't aggressive enough to go up and get him. Yes. They loved him in that draft. Don't don't even see that. Now you just you just. No, it's true. Con, I know. Con but you trigger me. I'm triggered by that because it's like, oh, we really liked him. Well then. Do something about it. They did. They didn't. They didn't. They yeah, didn't. They didn't do a thing about it. Um, I, and I'm, I'm teasing Wolf. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to that segment than just that. But um, that the Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, well, here's Andy Reid on Patrick Mahomes. I think you guys can appreciate him. You get to see him. Uh, what he is. I mean, there's no facade there. He's. Uh, he comes to work every day, uh, humble, wanting to be great. Challenges the guys around him to be great every play, never flinches. You drop the ball, we'll get the next one. Or listen, I need you in this spot right here. It's not like chewing them out or any of that bit. And likewise with the penalties. Okay, well, let's keep our hands tighter. Let's not grab. So, you know, but he's that's the way he operates. A pleasure to coach. Absolute pleasure to coach. When you're watching greatness in the midst of it, sometimes you don't even appreciate it as much as you should. You know, it's when those players are gone, when you're like, okay, um, we're watching greatness at a level that, you know, after Tom Brady retired, you you just question whether, and there always is, there's always the next one, right? Okay, Michael Jordan was so great, and he followed Bird and Magic, who followed, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and and and, and Wilt and, uh, you know, and, and all the great players, mm-hmm. right? So... And even after Jordan, there was so many great players, right? There was still Kobe that came after him, LeBron that came after him. So there's always great players. But, like, after Brady retired, you're like, okay, there's not— Sometimes you think there's not going to be anything like a guy like that. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. Mahomes comes over. Check this out. He's 15-3 and in the playoffs Mm -hmm. in his career. He's Mm -hmm. 15-3. and Mm Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's an 80% winning percentage. Yeah, and in games, I'll do you one more. In games where his team is trailing by seven or more in the postseason, he's 9-2. and two. The next closest quarterback on that list is Brady, who's 10-11. and 11. He's 9-2 nine and, nine and two. when his team is down by a touchdown in a playoff game. He's, it's like he's got to coach. He's got to go against Shanahan a couple of times. And, 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 well, that helps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Kyle Shanahan is wearing it today. Kyle Shanahan's sitting there like, uh, I would win a Super Bowl, except in every single time I've coached in one, I've gone either against Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. I'm doomed. I'm screwed. I can't go. But we'll talk about Shanahan. Let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. Go ahead. No, no. We can do this all day. He's 7-0 in the last two postseasons with 13 touchdowns and one pick. The last two. Seven wins, no losses, 13 touchdowns, one interception. This was not a great Kansas City team. They don't have great wide receivers. They relied on a running back, a seventh-round running back, and a rookie wide receiver. And they had Travis Kelsey, who's getting older, but still very, very good. This was a great, but you have Patrick Mahomes, you have a chance to win. And on some of those drives at the end of the game, I mean, that... That drive to force overtime was incredible. Game time drive, force overtime, and then the winning drive in overtime. Two drives when they absolutely had to have it. This guy picks up eight yards on a fourth and one. Then he has a 19-yard run six plays later to set up the touchdown pass to Hardman. I mean, he was great when he had to throw it, and he was great when he had to run it. And you talk about not appreciating players like that until they're gone. Sometimes. I'll tell you right now, I do not have that problem with Patrick Holmes. I 
I will agree that sometimes I have that problem with other players in the midst of their greatness because I don't like them or I don't appreciate them or I'm not, you know, I'm just not all into them. I'm not a Chiefs fan. Oh, that's a good point. I, I am very into Patrick Mahomes. I am very appreciative of Patrick Mahomes. It, it is, this is special what we're watching. I'm enjoying every minute of it. I, I was rooting for it yesterday, partially because I have a hard time rooting for the Niners and mostly just because this is greatness that I am not bored with. This is not greatness that I take for granted. This is not greatness that I'm going to need him to retire to be able to appreciate. I think Patrick Mahomes is a bad, bad dude, and I'm here for it. I really enjoy it. it, it it's not going to take time. or the Like Brady? Brady took a little time for me, and even that I kind of got a little bored with it. Kobe? I was never that down with Kobe. LeBron? I was never not that down with LeBron James. Patrick Mahomes is incredible, and, and I'll tell you, Two things about Mahomes that stood out in the bigger picture. Number one, he's 28 years old, and he's just about halfway to Brady. I don't know if he's going to get there or not, but he's 28 years old. He's got three. He needs four more. It's going to be a conversation for the next decade. And number two, and this is important. You want to talk about Wolf's tease there for tomorrow's show? One thing the Cardinals can learn about the Kansas City Chiefs? Just because your quarterback is taking up gobs and gobs of gobs of cap space does not mean you can't win. Isn't that one of the bit like I didn't think about that. I know that was part of your, your email today and we email each other back and forth topics. Hadn't really thought about it um, because we always want you, know, you always want to take advantage of you when you have a young quarterback on a rookie contract yes. before he gets paid. Yes. Mahomes has been paid for a long time. He was the highest salary cap hit in the entire NFL this year at $37 million, according to a tweet I read today. That didn't stop them. That didn't stop their greatness. That didn't stop, you know. No, no but they, they could like they couldn't keep Tyreek Hill. There's been players they haven't been able to keep, but it has stopped salary. them from winning. No, it, it hasn't. hasn't them. It, it it might have kept them from keeping guys they would want to keep, and it's a benefit to the 49ers that they're playing paying Brock Purdy, you know, nine hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're able to pay everybody else. But there's this. I think there's like this sub belief in the NFL that maybe you know what, maybe you're actually better off having. Having a rookie quarterback because you don't have to pay him very much money and you can pay everybody else a ton. Patrick Mahomes for two straight years is like, yeah, whatever. I'm getting paid a I'm getting paid a fortune and we're still winning. You have to have great coaching. You have to draft well. You have to develop. You have to do all the other things great to support that player. But don't tell me it can't be done when you've got a quarterback who makes that much jack. Patrick Mahomes has proved positive that it can, but it's got to start with him too and his greatness. And God, is he great? He yeah, is I great. mean, it was a story earlier this year that Mahomes is mess of contract now uh, seems like a bargain. <laughs> you know, 10 years, $500 sure. million. Dollars, that's a bargain. Sure. With all the success that you're having, it's a, it's a, it's a good deal for both of them. Yeah. Uh, here's Patrick Mahomes talking about his overtime run. You referenced this a second ago. On the timeout, I thought it was important for us to go over there and discuss what we wanted in that moment. Man, we, we all agreed on that play. I knew before the play, it's more of a man design play slot where Kels kind of comes from behind the line of scrimmage. And I talked to Rasheed about maybe if you can't set the little rub, if you can kind of set up open. And with them being so focused on that, it opened right open for me to run. And I knew I just needed to get a yard. So I, I actually got down on that one. And we were able to get that first down and uh, keep, the, keep the drive going. Two-time MVP of the NFL. This is his resume. Two-time NFL MVP, 
Two-time first-team All-Pro, six straight AFC Championship games, three-time Super Bowl champ, three-time Super Bowl MVP. He's got a $500 million contract in his back pocket. He is a co-owner of the Kansas City Royals, Sporting Kansas City of the MLS, the Kansas City Current of the NWSL, whatever the heck that is, Alpine Formula One team, Whataburger, Whoop, and Hyper Ice, and he's 28 years old. Jeez. That's Patrick Mahomes' LinkedIn page, right? Like, if you... You're friends with Mahomes on LinkedIn. That's what his resume is going to lead. That's a lot of stuff. He's 28 years old. What does he have to do with Whataburger? He's an owner. He's, He's an, an owner, owner of Whataburger. Yeah. Whataburger, yeah. Wow. And Whoop, and I don't know what Whoop is, and Hyperice. Oh, 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 the, th- the, the, whoop, there it is. The, no, the fitness tracker. Oh, my buddy has one of those. The fitness tracker that you wear on your wrist. That's not a watch, but it's like a, yeah. Yeah, a whoop. Oh, that, okay, that right. whoop. Okay, and he's also the face of many commercials. And he's the face, he's the face of many, yes. many, many, many commercials. commercials. Yes. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620. We're going to take some calls a little later on the Super Bowl, but we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts. We get a chance. We, we always love reading them on the air. Text us on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, if Mahomes has a counterpart in the NBA, it's probably the guy who broke your heart on Saturday night. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Luke. How will the Phoenix Suns bounce back from a heartbreaking loss against Golden State? We're getting you ready for Suns-Kings tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. And Goble now ready. Blows the whistle. Hands it to Pajemski. He looks. Still looks. Finally gets it in. Curry gets it. Turns. Shoots a three. And hits it. Seven-tenths of a second left. And Steph Curry puts the Warriors up by one. 113-112. Does a little dance and sends this crowd into a frenzy at Chase Center. Mitch wasn't wrong on that tease that he wrote. It was a very Patrick Mahomes-like moment for Steph Curry. It just, yeah, that's what Bradley guys Beale, like that will do. Bradley Beal goes for the steal, doesn't get it. They don't switch the right way. I think Eric Gordon was supposed to come out and didn't. Steph Curry flobs it up there and it goes in. And then it was kind of crazy because there's seven-tenths of a second left. The Suns inbound the ball, and it's like, okay, Booker just got fouled. And it's like, oh, that a foul to give. Okay, that a foul to give. One-tenth of a second goes off, and then they they're able to knock it away from Kevin Durant um, and the Golden State Warriors win a, a really a really good basketball game. Like that was a very enjoyable game. It was a good battle between two teams. Uh, the lead the lead went back and forth twenty something times. I mean it was constantly lost track, Warriors actually. take the lead, Suns take the lead, Warriors take the lead, Suns take the lead. I mean it was you know it, it was a, it was a fun game. I mean it was a fun game to watch. And you know the Warriors are playing a lot better now. I know we're going to get into that later on, uh, but I don't know. My takeaways from this game are you know it happens. Like you just like you're not going to win every game. You go on the road and you you're playing a team that's you know trying to get into the playoffs. They've got a lot to play for. It happens. You're not going to win every game. It, it, that was it. Really is before. Obviously, the game was on Saturday night before the Super Bowl happened. But my takeaway in retrospect, that in many ways, I think what happened on Saturday night to the Suns was very much like what happened to the 49ers in the Super Bowl. It, is that if you allow a player as great as Patrick Mahomes and you give him a window. If you allow a player as great as Steph Curry a window, he's going to he's gonna do that to you. Patrick Mahomes is going to do that to you. Steph Curry is going to do that to you. Steph Curry, I've, I've watched it five or six times. All right. And everything about the play, you, you described it perfectly, right? Beal, Almost gets the steal. Guy, he comes so close, but nobody rotates out. So Steph Curry has a wide open look. Curry's ability 
to catch what was shoot. a very bad pass, right? Like, I mean, it's almost deliberately so. Like, right? And and the, the guy who was inbounding the pass even said, I was trying to keep it away from Beal, and it was to yeah. catch it. Podzimski, the rookie. Podzimski. And in one, ca- in one motion, to catch that bad pass, swivel and shoot in the blink of an eye, it's ridiculous. It's a skill yeah. set that's nobody else has. Nobody, nobody else, else has. can do that. That's he, nobody else can do that. And you don't want to throw up your hands and go, "Well, oh well, what are you going to do?" Yeah. But that game kind of had a, "Oh well, what are you going to do?" Now, what could you have done? You could have had somebody rotate out, so at least you have a body in front of Steph well, Curry. Why? You can't why? give him that wide open of a look. My question would be, in all honesty, why is Josh Okogie not on the floor? All right, so here's so 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 Booker hits a shot with 35 seconds left. Okay, Suns are up 112-110. KD then blocks a shot by Kaminga, but there's a jump ball. Why do you not substitute a Kogi or Royce O'Neal into the game to get you a be, you know better, a better defenders? Fair, knowing that they're going to because there's 28 seconds left. Yep. You get a jump ball. Now they probably wanted to keep more offense out there because you won the jump ball. But the problem was that there was a five second differential. So Golden State was going to get the ball back no matter what. I think they got it back with 3.3 seconds left after everything was done. Beal missed the three. 3.3 seconds well, left. Even, even then, even then they, they called the timeout. Yeah, called the timeout. That'd be the time to put them out there. Even then, because you advance the ball. Call the timeout, advance the ball. Why not put a Kogi out there then? Why not put O'Neal out there then? The Pazinski guy, uh, Brandon Pazinski, good rookie. I like him. He said, if you look on the replay, I'm like, ah, blank. <laughs> you know, you know, because he, he thought he, he thought, thought he, he made a bad it to Beal. Right. He thought he passed it to Beal. Yes, basically. he had to yeah. throw a curveball basically to Steph Curry. The other, a thing, the, the other thing, watching that game, and I, I keep going the football analogy, and maybe it's just because it's the day after the Super Bowl. But in in watching that game again on Sunday morning, and I kind of watched the second half again. It did with all the lead changes. It really kind of felt like almost a football game, like a. Who's whoever has the ball last in their hands, they're going to win the game, kind of thing. Almost like a yeah. very Patrick Mahomes like uh, we've oh you've only got a two point lead, Bradley Beal, you're going to miss a field goal. We're going to make you pay for that because we're going to have the ball in our hands last. It, it, in that back and forth, you mentioned twenty something lead, twenty three total. I got in my notes here, twenty three lead it, changes. It was a very physical game, especially in the second oh, half. Yes. It had a yes. very playoff intense feel to it. I know you said we we're going to talk about it later. Man, give it up for Golden State. They got Draymond Green back, and they're winning. And they're winning, and they they, they looked like Golden State on Saturday night. And Even though Clay Thompson's no good anymore, I know, but like he gives them nothing. But you know, but other guys did. Peyton was great for them. Oh, he was good in that game. So, Kaminga was, you know, Kaminga was terrific for them with the lobs and the dunks. I mean, th- they exposed some weaknesses in the Suns that I hadn't seen a lot of, a little bit, but not a lot of, which we'll get to later on. But Kaminga, Draymond, Clay, Podzinski was terrific. Peyton has been great for them. Not getting anything out of. Clay Thompson, but those other guys played really well. They did, and and the Booker takeover in the fourth, I thought was I thought it was going to win them the game for the, the way he was. He just got on one of those streaks where he, he could miss. Was great, he was fantastic. I mean, he, when he was came back in sensational when he came back in, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the key part to that one because it, it you know once again Devin Booker missing big chunks of the fourth quarter, and they're trying and the Suns won the fourth quarter of that game. I thought the Suns 
Kevin Durant didn't play great. Bradley Beal for stretches didn't play great. Royce O'Neal only got 11 minutes. I thought he played. We're going to hear from Royce O'Neal later on in the show today, by the way. I thought he played well in the brief time that he was out there. But I think the Suns, you know what? We talk about these games and the schedule they've got coming up and all these tests that they're going to get. I kind of felt like Saturday night was the test of a maybe not an elite team in the West, but certainly a playoff-like atmosphere that they can come to expect in April or May. And I don't think they passed the test. You know, I, I don't. They, they clearly didn't. They didn't win the game. That was a playoff intensity, level of physicality kind of game that they can expect in April and May. And they didn't. They'll have plenty of opportunities to pass this test over the rest of the season. But I don't feel like they passed the test on Saturday night because that was a playoff-like game. I don't think they played well. And they didn't shoot the ball well. And yet, I mean, KD was, you know, he was really struggling with the three-pointers. And yet, somehow, they had the lead with, you know, three seconds left in the game. So, I understand what you're saying. They didn't pass the test. So, you're not going to pass every test, right? You're not going to win every big game. of course not. Um, But, man, it was a part of me after that game was over saying, look, I don't expect, they didn't play very well. Like, they didn't play very well. Now, part of it could have been the physicality of the game and if the Golden State took it to them and everything. But I still came away like, on the road, and they didn't play a typical Suns game, and they've got the lead with three seconds left. Yeah, it like, if they had won it, it would have felt like they stole it. I thought it would have it would have had a little um, steel feel to it. No, I mean maybe. I mean maybe. Yeah. I mean it's your opinion. I mean it was God. It was such a back and forth game. I mean even go back like the whole game, like the whole game in the third quarter, like it was back and forth and back and forth, and it was eighty four eighty two to end the third quarter, and then the the lead just changed hands so many times. That I was just, yeah, I don't, you know, it was just, I think you, what you said earlier was exactly right. It was like whoever had the ball last was going to win the basketball game. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. It felt like if you have the ball last and you've got more than like seven tenths of a second left, you're going to win the game. And that's what happened. That and Steph is still absolutely Steph. Uh, when we come back on the Burns in Gambo show, there was another element of that game to talk about as well when it comes to the Golden State Warriors, and that is Draymond Green. And while Steph is Steph, Draymond is Draymond, and it was the full Draymond Green experience on Saturday night and we'll explain how that helped the Warriors and why that might be a problem for the Suns next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know social poll. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Alright, let's turn it over to Mitch. He's got our poll questions today. Mitch, up to you. You've got a couple of them out there. They're all football related. What do you got for us? I mean, I could start with the the big brain diversion poll. Go for it. Or approach. Check that out that brain on Brad. <laughs> Are the Patrick Mahomes Kansas City Chiefs a dynasty? Yes or no? Now, we asked this one, and at first I'm like, what are we asking this for? I get it now. I want to know how many people said no. Do you want to guess what percentage of our audience say no, they're not a dynasty and are completely nuts? 15% not my com- guess. Okay, not completely nuts. That's that's not nice. 15%. Like, no, Burns is calling fair. you nuts. 15%. <laughs> what's how, how, what's just, the, just like, come yeah. on, really? Like well, if, listen, sometimes we don't have the smartest listeners, and sometimes uh, <laughs> sometimes we do. I mean, you got to call it You got call it like it is. They're not a dynasty. How are right, we defining three dynasty? Super Bowls in five. Right. right, exactly. How are we defining dynasty if they're not? You're going to say 15%? Yes. Put me down for 7%. Okay. Rounding up decimal, if necessary. Sure. Round up if you need to. 12% said no. I'll split the difference between our two guests. 12% guys. said no. 12% so said no. So basically you're saying 12% of our audience is not very smart. 
Gamble the master of aggregating. Nothing nothing better than Gamble calling one out of every ten Burns and Gamble listeners not very smart. Please please come back and keep listening to us, even though Gamble said that about you, please. Except for the 12% of you. (laughs) Now, here's the one that may actually require a little... Extra thought, Hit let's me. say. Hit me. If Patrick Mahomes is a top five quarterback all time, where is he ranked? Four options. One, two, three, four or five. I'm going to give him three. I'm going to say he's moved up to three behind Brady, behind Brady and Joe Montana. The recency bias. Do people not really remember how great Joe Montana was? Like there is a recency bias. I get it. Like it's like if you, but like it's easier to compare. I guess maybe to Peyton. But Joe Montana was freaking great. He won four Super Bowls. It's just from our for our age, it's easier for us to remember because we we watched Montana in his prime. We were in our prime when we watched Montana play. Um, for me, the debate is three or four because I think. I just I think Peyton Manning was a better quarterback, but Patrick Mahomes has had more success. So three. I don't know. I think Peyton had better teams. I, I Peyton Manning. I think I always think Peyton Manning was one of the smartest, most intelligent, most talented quarterbacks I've ever laid eyes on. I, I, I I'm a, I've always been a big Peyton Manning fan and how he's played the position. So, but I'll put Patrick Mahomes three. I think it, you have to you have to value what he's done versus the quote unquote eye test. Forty percent. Okay. Are saying he is. Second all time. There's your Montana thing that people are forgetting about. Yeah, right? people forget about Joe Montana. Yeah, or the guy went for, I don't even or think Joe Montana him. threw a super. I don't even think he threw an interception in the Super Bowl. I, I mean, but you know, also keep in mind that was a long time ago. There, you know, there. I, I know that's there, why I'm there, saying the recent, the recency bias. But, the, but the Joe Montana was. I'm going to think that he had all four Super Bowls were in the '80s. Right. Okay. All four were in the '80s, like '82, '84, '88, '89, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, if you are 40 years old, I'll even say 45. If you're 45 or younger, you may not remember not? a lot of Joe Montana. I, and and I don't I don't necessarily hold that against people. You know, I didn't watch a lot of you know Joe Namath. No. You know, Bart right. Starr yeah. couldn't tell you. I right. mean, Y.A. Tittle. Uh, yeah, exactly. If Roger I've, Staubach. I've seen the stats, but Bart that's Star, about right. it. No, I agree. I get it. So I won't hold it against you if you if you didn't. So it's 40% for two. Tied at 27% are three and four or five. Yeah. Okay. okay. 5% yeah. for one. You know, I mean, to do another <laughs> problem, a lot of the current generation, they look at Joe Montana and think he's, he was a tennis player. What? What? <laughs> yeah, they think he was a tennis player. <laughs> I, you mean because he plays pickleball now? No, did you not see the commercial with no. Joe Montana? No. I'm, He's at the bar with somebody. Oh, just like you in the old days, right, Joe? Cool. And the guy goes, what you, you, would you play? Did you play tennis? He goes, short kid. <laughs> Never seen that commercial? No, no. Short I kid. I played tennis. Was that a commercial for this Super Bowl? No, it was a commercial oh, recently. Oh, okay. I thought it was a commercial from yesterday. No, it's like, just no, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Joe Montana's out of bar. Some guys older commercials. Talking right? about Joe Montana. And some guy next <laughs> to him said, would you play old man tennis? I don't remember that commercial. I'll have to go find it on YouTube. 
a little later. Thank you, Mitch. Those are our poll questions. You can find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Outside it goes to Wiggins, spinning into the paint. He feeds Green underneath. He'll lay it in, and he'll yell at the official and swing his arm and get a technical foul. Thank Jason you. Goble actually does call the technical on Draymond Green. John Blumitz, who comes in with the call on Sunday night, or on Saturday night, pardon me. Um, this is a two-pronged topic when talking about the Suns, and specifically talking about the Golden State Warriors. Okay. Because question number one is, are the Golden State Warriors back? And I think it ties right into question number two, which is, is Draymond Green back? Because I think the two are, very, are tied very, very closely. I think Draymond Green being back helps the Warriors be back. And I think Draymond Green and Yusef Nurkic was not a good match for Nurk on Saturday night. I think Draymond no, Green got I, the best of that. I, I don't, you know, listen, I would love to knock Draymond Green. He didn't do anything wrong in that game. He didn't do anything. I mean, Nurk started it with the, you're too small. And then Draymond came back at him and he go, you're too small. And, you know, he did what he had to do to lift his team. Now, he did get his first technical in the game, but didn't have anything to do with that. He got a technical because he thought there should have been a foul call and there wasn't. Uh, but I don't really, you know, Nurk after the game was criticizing him. I take back everything I said. And he, I got it right here. Can I play I, it for I you? The cup, I mean, please. He said he didn't learn anything, man. It isn't just a matter of sign. You're going to match somebody else again. So take everything back where I said, you know, you don't deserve a chance. He's taken back everything he said from the first, the last time he played Draymond where he got hit in the head. Yes. He said, hey, that brother needs to get some help or something. And that was from Dwayne Rankin's Twitter account. I'm going to say, man, I take back what I said. And, and, and did you see Steph Curry's response? Called it idiotic? <sighs> Steph Curry heard Nurkic's answer before he did his own post-game press conference on Saturday. Here's what Steph said. He gave us great energy in the sense of that competitive spirit that you need to win a game like tonight, to meet the moment. Um, and I know everybody's going to talk about what Nurkic said or how idiotic that was, but just the fact that Draymond knows how to walk the line that he needs to walk. This is probably the best game that you've seen it, where he can be loud and fiery and competitive and you know jaw back and forth. But we're playing basketball, and if you didn't see that tonight, then you ain't watching, you know, watching the game. So right. He's so He's right. right. Nurkish Nurkish was wrong on this one. Draymond Green played extremely hard. He helped his team win a basketball game. He he had 15 points. He was 7 out of 9 shooting. He had 9 assists. He had 7 rebounds. He was killing the Suns with his passing. Yeah, he was. He was killing the Suns with finding guys for dunks and lobs over the top and, you know, really played a great game. And the only technically he got was because he thought he got bumped on an end one. He thought it should have been a foul. He yelled at the rest. He clapped at him. He got a technical foul. They just they didn't even hesitate, man. Right away, just put technical on you because they weren't not going to let him get away with a whole lot of that. But other than that, I thought he was a, he was the major factor in why Golden State won. I, I thought he was, and that's why I think Steph Curry was right. And look, I, I love what Yusef Nurkic has done for this basketball team. Has been great. It's been a revelation. He's brought physicality with him. He's brought an attitude with him. I, I don't know if it's a great look for him to be clapping at Draymond on the back end of a loss. You know, it's just, it's just something about that doesn't quite resonate. And, and I can see why Steph said what he said about Nurk. But I, I, I think the biggest reason why I said Steph is right, because when Draymond Green plays like that, with that chaos and that energy and that, that hectic kind of thing, but he controls it just enough and walks it right up to the line without crossing it, 
that's what makes the Golden State Warriors dangerous. Because when he's playing like that, they're good. He's very they're involved. good defensively. Very involved. They're good offensively. He distributes the ball, to your point. That version of Draymond Green makes the Golden State Warriors a scary proposition in the Western Conference. Did you very see their, scary. Did you see their defensive rating with him? They've gone from 29th in defense without him to a top 10 defense with him. Yeah. Top 10. I think they're like fourth in the NBA since he came back. Yeah. Only two weeks Fourth in the back. NBA. You're fourth right. Fourth in the NBA. Fourth in the in NBA defensively. Yeah. That's, you, the question is, are the Golden State Warriors back? The answer is, is Draymond Green back? Because if the answer is yes, then the answer is yes. And that's that suddenly becomes a team that, ooh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to mess with that team in the postseason. Not they're playing like a clay. Clay's a different deal. But Steph and Draymond. Mm, yeah, they, they, mm. they're back there better. The Suns will kill them in a seven-game series. Like, I'm not a, I don't fear the Golden State Warriors one bit. Yeah, they're back there playing well. They're going to get to the playoffs. And if they play the Suns, they're going to get their heads kicked in by Phoenix. It had been a while since there had been an overtime game in the NFL playoffs, but there's never been an overtime game like this. Last night might have served as a prime example of how teams are going to learn from the 49ers' mistakes last night. Were their mistakes made? Oh, we'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show.